Welcome back to Search the Scriptures. Great to be back again today with all of our listeners and have the opportunity to open up God's Word and study a little bit deeper, a little bit further, learn a little bit more, and prayerfully and hopefully have our faith grow as a result. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. So as we come together each day and study a little further through God's Word, our faith should be growing stronger and deeper and fuller. And our prayer for each of you is that ultimately as your faith grows strong enough that you will make up your mind to come to God through Jesus Christ for forgiveness and salvation, repenting of your sins, confessing your faith in Christ as God's Son and your Lord and Savior, and surrendering to Him in baptism, at which point the blood that He shed on the cross will cleanse you of the guilt of your sins. In in Acts chapter 22 and verse 16, when the Lord sent Ananias to teach Saul of Tarsus, Ananias came to Saul and said, Why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling in the name of the Lord. Well, we all need to come to that point where we make up our minds that we're going to commit ourselves, commit our lives to God through Jesus Christ in obedience and surrender in baptism for the remission of our sins. Our prayers are with you, and our prayers are for you. At the end of the program today, have a pencil or a pen and a piece of paper ready. You can jot down the information by which you can contact us and ask for the free Bible study that we always offer. It is free. We'll take care of the postage. You can also receive a copy of today's program on CD, again for free, and we'll take care of the postage. Now, we encourage you to encourage others to listen to this program. They may be working during the day. Their schedule may not permit them to tune in at the specific times when the program is aired, although it is on several times a day on a couple of different stations in this area. But still, they may not be able to tune in at exactly that time. Well, encourage them, and you can do this yourself as well. Go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. Scroll down the home page to our podcast button, click on that, and in about one minute, literally, it'll only take about that long, in about one minute, they can subscribe or sign up for our podcasting. Now, that's free. It will always be free. We're not after your wallet. We're wanting to help you get to heaven. When you sign up for our podcasting, or your friends do, you then, they will then receive all of these radio programs automatically to their smart device, whether it's their smartphone, their computer, their laptop, pad, tablet, whatever it might be. It'll be automatic every day, five days a week. But they'll also receive a lot more. They'll get all of our sermons all of our Bible classes as well, which includes a daily, seven days a week, short Bible study, about 12 minutes a day, that we call today's Bible class. Get people into God's Word, help them stay focused on their spiritual lives and their relationship with God, and also help them be better prepared to take on whatever the day might throw at them that day, and each day. So encourage your friends, your family members, your work associates, your neighbors, literally anybody and everybody. And you do it as well. Sign up for our podcasting. Again, it is free and it always will be free. We're getting back into our study. We've asked the first question, what does it really mean to believe in Jesus? And we saw 
looking at text after text after text after text, that it is belief put into action through obedience and service and dedication. Now, we've asked the second question. What does it really mean to come to Jesus? Jesus issued the great invitation in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30, when he said, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now that invitation is filled with words of action on our part. So it's not just believing intellectually. We made that point when we were asking that first question. What does it really mean to believe in Jesus? Belief put into action through obedience. And the same principle is true when we're talking about what does it really mean to come to Jesus. First, Jesus said, come to me. That's action. And then he talked about, take my yoke upon you. That is the idea, again, of active service, and we can couple that with obedience. That would be central to take my yoke upon you. You're going to change your life. You're going to become an obedient follower of Jesus Christ. And then he talked about how his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Well, burden again, something that we're taking upon ourselves, the idea of a load that we're carrying. And we talked about that in relation to how many times Jesus said, if you really desire to follow me or anybody who would come after me, let him take up his cross and follow me. In uh, Matthew chapter 16 and verse 24, in Mark chapter 8 and verse 34, and also chapter 10 and verse 21, in Luke chapter 9 and verse 23, take up your cross and follow me, carrying the load. Now, what does that mean? What does the load mean? What does the yoke mean? What does the burden mean? Well, again, it's the idea of active obedience coupled with service and dedication. I'm going to actively serve my Lord. Remember when we were looking at what it really means to believe in Jesus. In James chapter 2, he said three times that faith without works is dead. It's dead faith. And we noted that in that in the next to the last verse in James chapter 2, we find the only time in the entire New Testament where the phrase faith only is used. And that is preceded in that verse by two words that are very important. They are not by faith only. So real faith in Christ is centered in not just believing in Jesus, but also dedicating our lives to him in obedience and active, dedicated service. Now, let's look at John chapter 14. In verse 15, Jesus said, If you love me, keep my commandments. Now, the sense of that particular statement from our Lord himself is that if you love me, you will keep my commandments. What does it mean to keep his commandments? obedience, obeying his commandments, his teachings. In verse 21, he said again, he who has my commandments and keeps them, obeys them, lives by them actively, obediently, it, it is he who loves me. And then in verse 23, he says again, if anyone loves me, 
He will keep my word. Now, what is my word? My teachings, he's saying. In other words, again, just another expression of he will keep my commandments. He will obey my commandments or my teachings. And then in verse 24, he says, he who does not love me does not keep my words. In other words, does not obey me, is not obedient to my teachings, to my commandments. So there we see that basically four times Jesus is saying, real faith in me, love for me, is expressed in obedience to me, obedience to my teachings. We remind you again of what we read in Hebrews chapter 5, verses 8 and 9. Though he, that is Jesus, were a son, yet he learned obedience through the things which he suffered. And having been perfected, he became the author or source of eternal salvation to all who obey him. Obedience is key in coming to Jesus, is key in following Jesus faithfully, is central to serving our Lord. Obedience, that is part of, in fact, it is central of what faith is, real faith is. Let's turn to John's first letter. In 1 John, we read, beginning with chapter 2. Let's look at verses 3, 4, and 5 in that text. John writes, Now by this we know that we know him, if we keep his commandments. Now that word if is only two letters long, obviously, but it is a big word in meaning. It's a conditional word. It demonstrates or, it, or, or identifies condition. We know that we know him if we keep his commandments. And then verse 4 goes on and says, He who says, I know him, and does not keep his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. Strong statements. But whoever keeps his word, isn't that what Jesus said back in John chapter 14? He who keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. How do we know that we are in him, in Christ? If we keep his word. Not just memorize it, not just read it and agree with it, but that means living by it, obediently and consistently. Remember again, Revelation 2 and verse 10, be faithful until death and I will give you the crown of life. In 1 John chapter 5, in verse 3, For this is the love of God, what is? That we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. That we keep his commandments. Now, not keep them in our head alone, but we obey them, we live by them, we live obediently and consistently to the teachings of God through Jesus Christ. Yes, on an ongoing basis, daily, through the rest of our lives. Very important. Now let's look at John's second recorded letter. Second John. Only one chapter in that short letter. And let's look at verse 4 to begin with. Second John, verse 4. 
I rejoice greatly that I have found some of your children, now he's not talking about physical children, he's talking about the children of God, that I have found some of your children walking in truth as we received commandment from the Father. Walking in truth, that's living by the truth, being obedient again. And then verse 6, this is love that we walk according to his commandments. This is the commandment that as you have heard from the beginning, you should walk in it. You see that? Active faith, active obedience to the teachings of God through Jesus Christ. And then verses 9 and 10. Whoever transgresses and does not abide in, that is, live in, live by, in other words, be continually and consistently obedient to the doctrine of Christ, the teachings of Christ, that's his word again, that's his commandments again, does not have God. Whoever transgresses and does not abide in the doctrine of Christ does not have God. He who abides in the doctrine of Christ, lives by those teachings, has both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this doctrine, do not receive him into your house nor greet him. That's how serious it is to be consistently obedient to the teachings of Jesus Christ. Now, in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 7 and 8, we get a view of that final day of judgment. And it's important for us to understand what is being said there. It talks about when Jesus shall come with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who do not know God, so ignorance is no excuse, and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. There's obedience again. We're going to be judged on that final day of judgment based upon, at least partly, upon our obedience to the teachings of God through Jesus Christ, the gospel of Christ. Verse 9 goes on and says, These shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. Oh, now that's serious stuff. We're talking about eternal condemnation in hell. Based upon what? Not just our believing in Jesus, but our belief put into action through obedience on a consistent basis. That is real New Testament saving faith. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 1, the Apostle Paul wrote that there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. There's that sense of active faith again, obedient faith, walking according to the Spirit. But how do we walk according to the Spirit? Well, Peter says that the writers wrote what they wrote guided by the Holy Spirit to write the very Word of God. So as we read God's Word and we understand it, and accept it, and make the proper application to our lives, we're being guided by the Spirit, by the Holy Spirit. In Romans chapter 8 again, no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who did not walk according to the flesh, in other words, living in sin, but according to the Spirit, living obediently to the teachings of God 
communicated to us through his word. Now, how do we get in Christ? If that's where there is no condemnation in Christ, Romans 8 and verse 1, then obviously that's where salvation is in or is at, in Christ. You go back to the sixth chapter of Romans and we read verse 3. Do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? Oh, that's how we get into Christ. Now, that's not me saying that. Don't get upset with me if you have never believed that or never been taught that. That's God's word. God's word says that. As many of us, uh, do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? Now, if you were told there was some other way to come into Christ, you were told error. You were taught error. There are only two verses in the entire New Testament with the phrase into Christ that are preceded by the means of coming into Christ. We just read one of those. Romans chapter three and chapter six and verse three. Baptized into Christ. Galatians 3 and verse 27 is the other one. And there we read, For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Put on Christ. So the idea of having, of wrapping him around you as with a garment. And so we are in Christ. We were just baptized into Christ. And that's where salvation is. In Christ. The Apostle Paul talked about how God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, writing that to those who have truly become Christians, in Christ. Now, why do we need to be baptized into Christ? Well, someone quickly says, well, you just said that's where salvation is. Absolutely. What happens when we are baptized into Christ? On Pentecost, when many of the Jews asked Peter and the rest of the apostles after they had been taught the gospel of Christ on that day, when they asked, what shall we do? Peter responded in verse 38 of Acts chapter 2, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It is at that point that our sins are washed away, cleansed by the blood of Christ shed on that cross. When the Lord himself sent Ananias to teach Saul of Tarsus, he came to Saul and he said, why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Our sins are forgiven as we are baptized into Christ. And what did Jesus tell the apostles on the day that he ascended back to heaven after his resurrection from the tomb, after having been crucified on the cross? He told them, as recorded in Mark chapter 16, verses 15 and 16, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. He who does not believe shall be condemned what happens as we're baptized into Christ? Our sins are forgiven. They're washed away by the blood of Christ. Now that's scripture again, Acts 2.38, Acts 22.16. What else happens? As our sins are washed away, 
as we're cleansed of the guilt of our sins, we're saved in Christ. Mark 16, verses 15 and 16. Now, someone would say, it doesn't say those who are not baptized shall be condemned. No, it says those who do not believe. If a person does not believe, they're not going to be baptized. If they don't believe, they're not going to obey. Baptism is part of the obedience of coming into Christ, of coming to him for forgiveness and salvation. In fact, 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 21 says that, we, that baptism doth also now save us, King James Version. It cannot get much clearer than that. We could look at a number of other passages of Scripture that, that point us in this direction. But see, what we're talking about is what does it mean to come to Christ, to come to Jesus? We must come to him not just believing. We must come to him, we must come to him obeying, obeying. That is central to what real saving faith in Christ really is. And that is central to what it really means to come to Jesus. When he says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He does not say, you, need, you can stop working now. Not at all. He says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He doesn't say there's no yoke. He doesn't say there's no burden. He doesn't say there's no labor involved in following him. In fact, again, remember what James wrote in James chapter 2, three times? Faith without works is dead faith. Dead faith. What does it really mean to believe in Jesus? to believe in him so much that we are obedient to him for the rest of our lives. What does it mean, really, to come to Jesus, to come to him in surrender and faithful obedience every day for the rest of our lives? That's what it means to come to Jesus. Are you ready to come to Jesus? His way, we would love to help you. We'll tell you how to contact us in a few moments. Jot down that information, ask for that free Bible study, and we will send it to you. And you can read it all again for yourself right there from the scriptures. If you would like for us to get with you in a more personal way, please ask us. We can study with you however we can set that up. And we would love to lead you to be baptized into Christ for the remission of your sins, so you can be reborn spiritually. Let's pray together. Father, we pray for souls. We pray that you will guide souls to open their eyes to your truth, your way for their salvation and eternal life, and help them, Father, to open their hearts, to humble themselves, to come to you in faithful obedience. This is our prayer, Father, and we pray for those souls. Please forgive us, gracious Father, as we pray in Christ's name. Amen.